welcome everybody and make sure you hit that like share retweet buttons um you know welcome to all about the birds mid-season review show so eagles three four and one they're on the bye this week uh johnny Oleka, phil stifle jeff warner and one of aat bird writers chip is it kiri Kegel. not even close okay. <laughs> Way to prep, Johnny, before we oh, went no, no. live. I'll tell you what, I've heard worse. That That is true. You know, you know every every last name gets butchered at some point in time. Exactly. But I've we're never, here to break I've down the Eagles. R. That's new. That's okay. So I, I could say what <laughs> adding, uh, my Adding letters said, in there. We're good. But uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We're going to break down the first half of the Eagles season. We've got a lot to go, a lot to talk about. Um, and the first – the first thing I want to, I want to say is thank you to everyone uh, joining us, but make sure you hit those like retweet share buttons. We appreciate it. But the thoughts about the first half of the season, you know, Eagles are eight weeks in eight games, three, four, and one. Now the last season and 2018, the first eight games, they were four and four. So you're just about the same as what you were the last two seasons. What does that say? Um, you know, what does it say with the progression? Now there's a lot of, a lot of issues, a lot of things, but what are your guys' thoughts on the – we can go one by one, your thoughts about the first half of the season. The, the, the first half of the season has obviously not gone as most of us expected. You know, most of us looked at this schedule, the line the, – the order of the games, and thought the front half of the schedule is where a bulk of our wins were going to come from. If you look at we'll, – we'll break it down later and what the rest of the season – you know, has entail. But if you look at the rest of the schedule, it's it's really the difficult half of the schedule. So I, I don't remember exactly what we had during our preview show, but I'm sure most of us thought we were going to win four, five, six games to start the season. And and that's not where we're at. And and that's the, the, the instant reaction is we've really left a lot of wins on the table and we've really disappointed at this point. So that's my biggest takeaway from the first eight games is how disappointing – with the competition we've played. Go ahead, Chip. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. You, you look at this this team, and exactly like you were saying, you were supposed to win against the Washington no-names. You were supposed to win against the Cincinnati Bengals. You were never going to win the Ravens game. We, we all chalked that up to a loss the day the schedule came out. But for us to be with the record that we have right now, shows my biggest issue, which is lack of progression, lack of organizational development. We are stuck playing season to season and playing game to game rather than going, how do we get better to build this for a four, five, six-year run? Well, that, that, that comes down, if, that, if that's the biggest issue, that comes down to coaching and the higher-up management of this team. And I was just watching another show, ratio show, before we came on. And I said, I, I commented on their show, the leash from winning a Super Bowl or any title in any sport is always too long. You know, I'm not saying fire Chip Kelly or fire um, Chip. We got, we got rid of him already. already. I'm Chip Kelly. Sorry. I'm not saying fire Howie Roseman <laughs> or Doug Peterson right this second. But the leash does get left too long when you win a title in a sport. And when do we decide how many years in a row do we have to be mediocre and fight and claw to get into the playoffs before we say, maybe it's time to start changing some things up and all. And, and my question that goes with that, Phil, is 
the year that we won the Super Bowl, was it that we were that good? Or was it that we caught lightning in a bottle and and won the thing? Because if he's got if he's got this long leash because of the fact that he just won a Super Bowl, well, he won a Super Bowl with a, a not great football team top to bottom. Wasn't a great football team, but he made all the right moves that offseason that they, they gelled together as a unit. I was like, I don't know if it, I feel Nick Foles caught lightning in the bottle. Obviously, no one expected a backup quarterback with Foles to perform the way he did in that playoff run. But overall, as a team, they just gelled together that Super Bowl run. And I'll say, ever since then, Howie in the front office, they haven't made that they haven't made the right decisions and the right personnel decisions when it comes to assembling this football team. And I kind of feel Howie's and the front office and I don't know if Doug has any input on this at all or anything. We all know who does. We all know who has the control. But I would say we feel that they're rewarding these past guys for their contribution to winning the Super Bowl by allowing them on this team way too long and giving them horrible uh, horrible deals, which now puts them in cap hell. And now I would say you're, you're talking about the progression and what the future behold. I would say how, this, how we're going to build towards the future. Right now, I don't know how we're able to build towards the future. I would say we have too many horrible contracts. We're in cap hell next year. I know we keep on hoping how is the guy that for 10, 12 weeks. Now. Yeah, exactly. So yep. I'll say, I'll say, and that's why it's so critical. Uh, I would say to this, this draft ne- this next uh, April to build that team. But for, for right now, I'll say I just don't see this team as a Super Bowl contender or really a deep playoff contender. I would say even in the beginning of the season, every one of our guests I asked them, I asked them, did you do you feel that this team is assembled to make a playoff run, or do you feel that this team is considered a Super Bowl contender? And everyone we asked basically said no, this team is not built, and that puts a lot of blame on Howie. That puts a lot of blame on Jeffrey Lurie allowing Howie and Doug Peterson to assemble this team the way they did. So I'm not not too shocked. Look at this comment from Benny. Doug's playbook is too basic. So now Chip brought it up that we haven't progressed and Mm -hmm. nobody has progressed. Well, Doug hasn't progressed. He caught lightning in a bottle just like the players did that Super Bowl season. But in 2016, no one was banging down the door for our coaching job. Okay. Doug Peterson was what? The fifth, sixth candidate that they finally got to take the job. And we all bashed Howie before that Super Bowl. I don't know about you guys, but I was bashing how or Doug every single week in 16 and 17 yep. for bad decisions. Yep. Again, caught lightning in a bottle in 2017. He hasn't progressed just like the front office hasn't progressed. I, just like the players haven't progressed. I think I, I think the way you look at it and the way this, this first half of the season has gone is it's very underwhelming. The, mm-hmm. the, the team just hasn't, you know, played the way you think, you know, a game that you think that, that they're going to have, you know, the start the season up 17, nothing against Washington yeah. And the lead just goes it goes to nothing. And you lose that game. And the other thing that you have to look at, I I understand um, not getting enough out of, you know, these older older guys, older contracts. But the one thing all these injuries have done is potentially giving you guys like Travis Fulgham, right. like Jordan, Jordan Mailata. You have these guys, these younger players like an Alex Singleton, um, TG Edwards. You have these players that you may be able to have these younger guys that, that you have some, um, you know, future with. Now, you have to stay healthy with, you know, the Miles Sanders and all the, these guys, too. And Wentz has to get back on track. Hopefully, um, I know someone commented about getting rid of Wentz. Well, you can't get rid of no. Wentz because and you're not the going contract, to. You're, you're not, not going, going to. And, they, and that's the one thing that they have to – Wentz has to find it. Yes, he's struggling. I know – I understand he's a fifth-year – 
he shouldn't be struggling like this, shouldn't be regressing like he, he is, everything like that. But the thing is, other quarterbacks, high-profile quarterbacks, you look back at Peyton Manning, you look back at Drew Brees, that, yeah. back, when, back when they were in their mid to late 20s, they've had bad seasons too. McNabb in 2003 had an awful start to the season and didn't have a great season. He had an awful start too. So you, you, you're stuck with it. The whole bet, no, I wouldn't bench Jalen for Jalen Hurts, but no. my thing on this season, the way this season is, yes, it's underwhelming. Doug needs to, you know, kind of, the, you know, to say it nicely, get his head out of his ass. And, you know, I don't think that's a very nice actual way to say it. No, that's no We're the Philadelphia Eagles fans. That's the nicest way you could say it. Yeah. And the thing is, in 2017, who did, who, and I'll, I don't like to bring it up, but who did Doug have? Filippo and Frank mm-hmm. Wright. I he feel had, like he had he's offensive missing. coordinator, he had a defensive coordinator. So, he yeah, had so, actual coordinators. He, he had people. Specialists right. that are all pointing in different directions. Right. As a as a head coach in the NFL, your job is to manage the field. Right. Your job is not to call offensive plays and go through all these things. You know, it works for somebody like Andy Reid because that's what he's always done. And he changes his plays every year. And he's got an electric quarterback and he's got speed on the field and he's got the pieces that he needs to, for it to work. Doug Peterson doesn't. Doug Peterson has what's at the bottom of the practice heap scrap pile, and it's worked because you've got guys that are hungry to play. You've got guys that want to be on the field and make a name for themselves. You lose that as soon as you put some of these aging veterans who have expected spots on the field again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the perfect example, and I wrote an article for us um, this week about it, you know, is this loyalty towards aging veterans hurting this team yes you know jason peters happened to make it through a full game this time you know what i mean he he happened to make it through a full game we all saw that when he got limpy on one play we're like oh we knew that was going to happen but jordan mylotta was hitting his groove and for them to move him over to the right side because you know lane johnson was out it makes sense for that that game but johnson comes back peters is healthy how are you going to sit my lotta on the bench right now when you sign Jason Peters to play guard this season? But because he expects, because he's the bodyguard, because he's the best left tackle the Eagles have had since Trey Thomas? I mean, I get it. I, I switched hats because you talked about signing, giving the aging veterans. Same thing happened with the Phillies. You know, they gave Brian <laughs> Howard, Chase Dudley, Jimmy Rounds, Carlos Ruiz. And they, they gave all those guys. And look what happened. We still have not recovered from that. And I, there is no salary cap in baseball. It and hurts me. From it, it hurts to watch. Back off the Phillies hat back off. It hurts to watch players that we love decline. You know, you look at it like a grandparent, right? And a grandparent all of a sudden is on their decline. You're like, oh, you know, they're, they can't take care of themselves anymore. That's how I feel about Jason Peters. And it's awful because when he came in, he was a monster. And for season after season, it was it was incredible. And he will go to the Hall of Fame someday. Yeah, but and- right now, he's not what this team needs. Right exactly. now, Alshon Jeffrey being on the field is not what this team needs. He's not going to step on the field anymore, just so you know. I, I, I agree. I agree. not step on the field once this season for the Eagles. If he does, it is no, a horrific mistake. Yeah. If Deshaun Jackson isn't put on injured reserve and kept there, it's a horrific mistake. Taking reps away from these guys is a bad call. 
I love this. Yeah. I have not heard this rumor, but this is hilarious. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, but... if they tried to do it with the Keem Butler and all. Yeah. yeah they got Bloom and Kroon back on the practice squad. Yeah. You can put. So, so we, 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 we can also talk, you know, how bad the team is. And then you talk about this comment here from Mr. C-Way Science. Conway is my, my co-teacher. I'm sorry? That's uh, Conway. I teach with him. Oh, okay, there we go. There we go. Uh, thanks for checking in. You know, having the success elsewhere because other teams have coaches that aren't putting the square pegs in the round holes. Right. They see the talent and they adjust. And it's a problem with a lot of teams in a lot of sports. They don't adjust to their talent. And it's a, it's a huge example right here with the cornerbacks. Sidney Jones, I know, was out on fire early. He has come down to earth with Jacksonville a little bit. Right. He has had some games where he's gotten beat up a little bit and all. And Rash- I'm not sure if Rashul Douglas is still he's, one of the top 10 rated quarterbacks, cornerbacks or not, but. He was activated again today. Yeah, okay. So, so, I mean, I'm not sure where that lies. But, you know, these guys were complete bums, and we we all agreed it was time to move on from those guys. They weren't working here. Well, who else on our team that's not working right now would go elsewhere and have success with a better coaching staff on off? Nathan Geary, I'm scared Nathan Geary will become, you know, Lawrence Taylor if he goes somewhere else because, you know, obviously we're using him in the wrong way. What way could you use him? He does do two things okay. Misses tackles and misses He, he actually is pretty solid if he knows it's a running play yeah. and he doesn't have to worry about covering, and he's actually a really solid blitzer. So if he is there as the fifth guy on a blitz, which we never actually blitz. He's actually like top he six in tackling right blitz, now. What's he that? is what Vinnie Curry is on third down. Basically, he is a yes. great downhill attacking yeah. player. I have no problem with him if he's used in the right spot, which he's not. He's not an everyday 100% of the snaps type linebacker. And the thing is, that's what that, that that's what gets that's what a good coach, a good coaching staff does. And you know, you need yes, all these players, you know, you draft certain players, they're not going to fit 100%, like a Rasul no. Douglas. You know, Sidney Jones had his struggles. But the thing is, if you look at the Eagles secondary right now and how hurt they are, you know, you have Slay there, but then Avante Maddox has been injured. Nicole Roby Coleman uh, has not looked good at all. Cravon LeBlanc's been up and down. And then, you know, it's just you're pulling up guys from the practice squad, and it's it's, it's reminiscent of 2018 when you have all these guys that nobody knows or nobody's ever heard about playing in the secondary. Like last – like last Sunday, uh, Sunday they had Michael Jaquette because Slay went out with an right. injury. So they had Michael Jaquette out there, and then, and then he, he got, got hurt. Hurt. And then you have to do is you have to put put what Jalen Mills then over out, out on the edge when that's not really what he's suited for. It's not what we've seen it that he's not good at doing. So, you know, it's 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 a lot of what what Phil said, and you know, being able to fit these players to the best like fit them into your team but also know what their strengths are and know what they're what they're going to be right. good at doing for your team and that's and, and that that's what andy andy was able to do that and he's, he does it with kansas city now you know it's it's the difference in coaching and development versus yeah. calling the plays you want to pl- call right perfect example is carson wentz and i've been on this for weeks now I think Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback. Now, like we've said, he's regressed this season. It's very obvious. But Carson Wentz, in the first couple seasons and coming out of college, was an athletic, mobile quarterback. He was never a quarterback that sat and played against Division I caliber teams, because he didn't play Division I, Division I caliber teams, and had to read Division I caliber players, which would then translate in the NFL. Right? 
he always played a slower pace of game because that's the team he was on. So why is he trying to, why is Doug trying to turn him into a seven step drop, read the field quarterback? The season we won the Super Bowl, it was all about RPOs. And now the whole NFL knows all RPOs and play action and quick passes. You're telling me that Fulgham can't hit five yards, cut in on a slant and catch a pass? Because if there's anybody that I trust, it's Fulgham. But we don't call that play. Instead, we throw 40-yard bomb after 40-yard bomb to Hightower, who I feel like is the kid from Little Giants. He's like, come on, hands catching toilet paper rolls. <laughs> he has a hard time tracking I, I, I've never heard Little Giants pulled out on a podcast before. I, 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 I like, great, I like the reference there. Thank that, you. That works for me. You know? We use for intimidation. Yeah. <laughs> Spikes and Pee Wee Hill. No. We, we, we talked about Hightower on a couple shows before that he just he shouldn't be – I mean, you give him an opportunity, you don't want to hurt his confidence. Right. Well, he's still a work side, He obviously isn't ready yet. He's a fifth-round pick. It's not like he was a top pick that we have to get something out of him right right now. You let him develop. And we've right. never and developed then, a first-round or a second-round wide receiver. Why do you think we developed a fifth-round wide receiver at this point? Right, and that's my question. Why is Rager, with all his speed, n- there you go. <laughs> If you watch that movie, it is loaded with with star talent. You got you got to watch that one back. I love it. Um, but <laughs> if you look, Rager was developed and drafted as this track star. He didn't go out for one deep pass on on Monday on uh, on Sunday night. Not one. But they sent Hightower on fourteen of them. That's 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 good stat knowledge right there. I did not see that number there. That's that. that's. I, I mean, I'm just you know. Just, are you making it up? Okay. The 14, yes. The 14, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, 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 you came off very believable with that. Listen, I, I teach middle school. I can embellish with the best of them. <laughs> but no, like, like, like the, the whole high tower thing is, he, yes, he has talent, but the problem is he's not tracking the ball. No. And, you know, he, he the thing is he needs time. He needs an offseason. He needs seasoning. He needs a little bit. I understand he's an older rookie. I think he's 24, almost 25. But – Yes, yes, he can he can separate from the defense, but if you can't track the ball, almost like a Nelson Aguilar type tracking, mm-hmm. where you well, and that's get coaching. Lost. How is he having success right now? I mean, come on, he is not having success because I needed a streamer in fantasy last week, so I picked him up to play wide receiver last week, mm-hmm. and he got zero passes for zero yards for zero touchdowns. So, needless to say, I lost last week because I also had Derek Carr as a streamer in place of Deshaun Watson last week. Right. So you're so saying there's a chance. I went complete Oakland because, you know, as Jason, my boy here, my fantasy football gambling expert show guy, you know, says what's up, you know, he was all over the Raiders last week. So I picked up all Raiders to, you know, fix all my bye week problems. And, yeah, so are you blaming I, him for your loss? I am blaming him for my loss there, my loss in daily fantasy. I'm blaming him for everything there because I listened to him on that one. It's a bold and, strategy, yeah. Cotton. Let's see yeah, if it pays off. Yeah, I'm I'm not too happy there with him. I don't All right, Johnny, keep leading the show. Directed to the next conversational point. But, but the thing is, you know, are are these issues fixable that the Eagles mm. have right now? Are they fixable? I feel. My thing is, you're the health aspect, getting guys back healthy. You know, hopefully, Ertz is back sh- soon in a couple weeks. Does Alshon play? Is Sayamalu, what, what's going on with him? Uh, otherwise, you're getting the guys back. Goddard came back. Rager came back. Peters, okay, yeah, he's back. Or whatever that is. Give it five, but right. But Lane, Lane Johnson coming back, 
you know, you have guys that are getting healthy and coming back. And I think health is a big key, but also the big key is you need Carson Wentz from the last four games of last season to show up in some of these, in some of these games, hopefully all these games, but you need the car or the Carson Wentz of the end of the Pittsburgh, the end of the Ravens game, those kind of uh, plays that, that kind of, that kind of player. That's what you kind of need. I feel like they are fixable. I feel like they'll, they'll win the division, but. And Johnny, that's, that's my question for you. So you're talking about getting all these players back, right? It's not going to matter. <laughs> you're talking about getting all these players back. And my question, and I'm, I'm on the fence about it because I don't know if like, I'm just going to pick Lane Johnson, for example, he has been beat up since jump street, right? He is dealing with everything falling apart. And at what point does pushing him onto this field hurt him for future seasons? And again, it's that playing for this season versus playing for the future seasons. We can win the NFC East, should win the NFC East pretty easily. Even without Lane Johnson, even without Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, we should easily win the NFC East. The question is, is pushing these players in does it hurt us next year when we have a more focused week one strategy on how to run the table in the NFC? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good question. And yeah. and we're joined by uh, one of our other All About the Birds writers, Chris Romanelli. So welcome to the show. At least you got that name right. Good. Yeah, you did, you did pronounce that name right. Talk about names. It, it, yeah. At least it sounds like it was pronounced right. Yeah, over here I turned into Chewbacca. <laughs> It, it was it was right. It was right. It's not that hard. Yeah, good point right there. The best two games we played this year were both losses, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And honestly, Chip, you said at the beginning of the show that you just everybody wrote Baltimore off as an instant loss. Absolutely. I did not. I knew I, I in the beginning of the season I said they would win one of the Baltimore Pittsburgh games. And as soon as we lost to Pittsburgh, I just assumed we would beat that Baltimore team then. So I'll say that I actually thought we'd beat Baltimore there. But I always want them to win. That's always exciting. But my logic was always going to be, we don't have a line, a linebacker at all. How are you going to stop Lamar Jackson? And he ran. I think he's still running against Geary. Probably. <laughs> but, you know, what, what do you guys so, think? What do you guys you know, think about I'm the normally issue? the only joker. They're not used to extra jokes on this show here, you know? <laughs> right. I, I, well, no, I, 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 I thought he was I, doing I, something I'm with really the... telling the jokes, not, not laughing at them, so... <laughs> <laughs> but what do you guys think about the the issues that this team has? Are they fixable for the stretch run of the season? I mean, season? I think something... they're fixable. I mean, I've seen a lot in this team. And again, this team is 3-4-1. You are what your record says they are. But, right. again, you know... It's not going to take 10 wins to win this division. So no. we get three more wins or four more wins. We could still win this division. And then going to the playoffs, you know, as Chip said at the beginning of the show, you catch lightning in a bottle. Who knows what happens once you get to the playoffs? You get a home field game, which we're going to talk about the home field advantage and fans being back with uh, Chris here in a moment and all. Um, you know, you, you just don't know what can happen. Seattle, you know, back in the day when they had seven or eight wins, you know, they scared. They won a game. They scared. You know, the Giants won a Super Bowl as the sixth seed once. You just, I was just, I was just going to say, is this team any worse than the 2011 Giants? No, yeah. exactly. We, we I, think, I think they better. are because of no, straight up worse. quarterback play. I think straight up quarterback play right now, that they are worse. Because at least 
East Eli led the team. Right now, there's way too much conversation about whether or not Carson Wentz should even be on the field. Now, we sitting here all know the answer is yes. Jalen Hurts is not ready to be an NFL quarterback. Right now, he's being used as a decoy, if that. Right now, they're putting him on the field just to say, hey, our second-round pick is on the field. Right? Agreed. Yes. But that team, that Giants team that won the Super Bowl, they knew that Eli was their franchise quarterback. There's, there's too much up in the air. And the conversation about, you know, is it fixable for this year? I think it's fixable for this year. But I think you've got to go to the next level. Is it fixable for this organization moving forward? See, I don't want to so, just—I don't want to just win the NFC East. I want to compete in the NFC. I want to compete for home field advantage. I don't want to be a part of the NFC least anymore. Could you say that this team, in the second half of the season, will be the first time we have our pretty much our full team available for 2020? We Probably. were down nine of eleven starters at yeah. one point on offense alone, just on offense. Yep. Go to the bye. Mm-hmm. Get your your head on straight. Carson needs to get his head on straight. We know he can play better. This isn't. This is the anomaly, not the norm for him with interceptions. And go out and go out and win us win the second. Two thousand and thirteen. What were we four and four at? And we fin- finished at ten and six. Right. I, I'm not sure, but I know that we didn't have the backhand schedule that we do this season. I mean, yeah, how bad is the backhand of this schedule? Ready, right. so right. Right. Here we go. I, got, I got it pulled up. Ready? It's, well, no, no, no. I, I, oh. I know what the schedule is. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I've been saying it since before the season started, the NFC as a whole is not as strong as people think it is. There is literally two or three holes on every single team that's ahead of the Eagles in the standing. You know, Green Bay's got issues with pass blocking with running backs and wide receivers. Their defense is okay. You know, Seattle, you know, their their defense is not the, the, the Legion of Boom or whatever it was called before. You know, the Saints, Drew Brees has probably – I probably have a stronger arm right now than Drew Brees. Well, he's also been without Michael King. Thomas too. So, I say give Brees he's, a little slack. missing Michael Thomas. But, 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 but you, you still got to be able to get Michael Thomas the ball. But to dispute your point a little bit, yeah, the rest of the NFC has weaknesses, but the problem is Doug hasn't exploited those weaknesses against these teams. Look at last week against Dallas. They were the 31st-ranked defense uh, against the Rush uh, yeah. and one of the worst defenses in the league, and we even put up seven points at halftime. I'll say that was the perfect opportunity for this offense to come out, uh, c- coming out party and put up points and ha- and see the game that, or see the play that we expect from Carson Wentz. And we didn't see that. And I'll say that's the difference with this team. I would say not, not all the blames on Carson, not all the blames on Doug. I'll say this just isn't a very good football team. And I know we keep on saying uh, about 2017, that Super Bowl run. The difference with that team and this team is that was a team that had depth. That was a team with the next man up. You knew what you had and those guys were able to step up we thought the season was lost that year when we lost Jason Peters when we lost Darren Sproles when you lost uh, Jordan Hick when you when the, uh, we're talking about injuries the amount of injuries we had on that Super Bowl squad they build oh, the yeah. depth in that team with that team where this year we don't have that and I'll say I don't know if it's because of the COVID situation or just bad decision makings no one available whatever but this just isn't a very good football team there's a lot of people available just how he doesn't seem to be pulling the trigger on anybody whether it's trades to sell or to buy to improve this team. You know, I mean, just the, the fact that there was not even a rumor yesterday right. of anybody getting moved away from the Eagles or coming to the Eagles 
just showed how little. And again, it could be COVID. Who knows what it is? But, but Phil, let me ask you this: What do we have in trade capital that we could have gotten any of these big name players for? Nothing. Well, we got because draft picks, obviously. Well, they're not getting up okay. those draft we've picks. Got, we've got like eight or nine draft picks next year. And we, no, we don't. Compensation picks. I, I know Johnny's Mr. Compensation pick. He probably knows how many we've got coming and all. Yeah, with but, com- uh, with comp picks, but we only have I, I think six picks. He doesn't know now, you know. We have six picks. Oh, I, know. We have, I think we have six or seven picks. We have oh, we have seven picks. We have no fourth round, and we have two fifths, okay. and then yeah, Weber we have compensation. coming. Yeah, but so the, but anyway, the, so the, what we have in trade assets right now. Now I know it's gonna upset a lot, and I've got them on when we when we get into like our surprises, our MVPs, and all. I got them on my list for one of them. Brandon Graham's a trade asset right now. There were rumors that Seattle was interested in him. You could have gotten another player to fix it. We have some blitzing depth. Brandon Graham is probably one of our best players right now, but he's expendable and he has a huge cap hit next year. You could have probably gotten something for him. And he's in his 30s. Or you could have gotten something for Derek Barnett. Or you could have gotten something for, you know, Will Parks. You could have gotten something for McLeod. You could have gotten something for – there's a lot of guys you could have traded on that defense that – Losing them isn't going to make us much worse than we already are on defense. But the way you think of it, look at it this way. So the the Chargers traded Desmond King, who is a very good cornerback. They got a sixth-round pick for him. So what, what what were you going to get for Derek Barnett, a sixth, fifth, sixth-round pick? Oh, okay. But, but you know, Grant, see, I would say gonna... these guys, you, you could have gotten a player to improve the linebackers or the cornerbacks, or you trade a player for a later pick. And then another guy that could have helped now. Well, yeah, because Howie's so, Howie's history at the trade deadline. He he's not a type of guy that right. does pl- uh, player for picks or anything like that. It's usually a player for a player. Like uh, they got Jerome Harrison, his I think first year as GM, the running back from the Browns. Uh, they traded uh, was it Kiko or I can't remember who was in the middle of the season, but uh, that Kiko Super Bowl Rondo just got traded again. Yeah, he did yep. to what the 49ers I didn't even now. Know he was still in the league. <laughs> but I was say he's typically a type of guy. I was say he trades player for a player. So I would say the fact that we didn't trade a guy off for any draft pick compensation it's not that surprising but I'm, i am surprised he didn't make at least some type of move the big move was releasing Kroom uh, off the freaking roster that was it rumors offers for zach Ertz. well so i was i want to talk about that for a second so up until a couple days before zach Ertz was not on injured reserve then all of a sudden we're starting to get a, maybe a nibble and they go no quick put him on injured reserve it was weird, but Alshon Jeffrey has not been on injured reserve, but has missed every week this season. We, we, me and Johnny were talking about it before the show that, you know, I can't believe he hasn't been, you know, traded. Like, that's the only reason you keep him active for eight weeks is if you want yeah. to trade him. So, And he's not even close to coming back because he's not going to play a snap. Phil, you're exactly right. He's not going to play a snap this season, nope. and I don't want him to. Yeah, do you want him to take any snap over Travis Fogel? Not a single one. But that's my point. I don't want him taking snaps over Greg Ward. And everybody knows I'm not a Greg Ward horde guy. You're a hater. Just say Which, by the way, you know, I wanted to, to rag on Johnny. For those of you watching that were here from the beginning, rewind it back if you weren't. Watch the intro hype video from Johnny. He did have three Greg Ward highlights. He made three catches in that intro video for a total of 10 yards, I think it was. My math might be a little short, but that is a typical Greg Ward. Three Wait. catches, 10 yards. Wait, did you just pitch to Johnny? I'm Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, I love your little giant reference. We 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 just have a show about football references or uh, lines or something. Oh man, I had to bring it back. I apologize. I As you were saying, good, good. No, but you're right, Chris. We 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 don't want anybody getting their snaps taken from by no. Alshon Jeffries. But this team no, has proven with what they've done with Jason Peters that they're going to do whatever to put those veterans back out there because they think that's what's going to carry us forward. Well, that forward. well, that and the amount of money you're paying them. I would say that, that that's right. what it is. And I would say there's rumors and always reports that Howie's went, hey, we're paying this guy this much. Make sure this guy gets on the field, which a load of crap. And I would say, and that's where the disconnect is. I would say, you need to let Doug run this team. I would say, Howie needs to be a type of guy that's going to handle the money aspect and whatever, selling the roster, whatever. But when it comes to game day personnel and how he's going to perform or what he wants to do on game day, that should be Doug Peterson's call. And I would say, I don't know if the reports or the rumors are true, but if it is, how he needs to butt the hell out. And I would say, that, that, that's the one thing. I would say, why else would Jason Peters be in there at left tackle uh, over Maialata, who performed pretty well uh, in in the absence uh, I, I, at left tackle? I, I said it, speaking of Jason Peters, I'm surprised. Like, I, I was really, I was watching a lot of football on Sunday leading up to the Eagles game. And when Ronnie Stanley went down oh, and grabbed his knee, the first thought in my mind wasn't, I hope he's okay, which normally that's when any player, whether it's a Cowboys, a Patriots, when I see someone go down, I say, I hope they're okay. Right. My, my first thought was, I hope Baltimore wants Jason Peters. That was my first thought that I wanted. Right. Because I was just hoping that that was an opportunity to move Jason Peters off this team. But it wasn't because nobody – he had the chance this offseason to sign anywhere. Anywhere. And he was sending these workout videos. Oh, look how healthy I am. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And everyone was like, cool. Cool guy. <laughs> cool guy. Need another look. Listen, Philly Birds, I'm on it, man. I'm, I'm going to get you one. I'm going to sneak it in. They're not even going to know it's there. <laughs> you know what? I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to do it. One time. One time, guys. One time. There it is. Is that a reference? I would. Yes, but, that's where they yeah, had. You know, I, I, I missed that one. You know, it's when they're in the locker room. The halftime, like the halftime speech. All these times. Dude, yeah. I was probably like forty when that movie came out. So I, I got two kids, so I, it, we've watched it. It's on Disney Plus. <laughs> Go watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm cheap. I don't pay for Disney Plus. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, t- I want to talk about like the game experience, and I know yeah. I get Chris in on this, and mm-hmm. he's been a season ticket holder, so you've been to the games. I want to know what the experience and what what it's like down uh, those yeah. couple of games that you've been to. I want to know what it's like and what are the fans? Is it making a difference having the small number of fans there? Uh, well, first off, so I have not, except for the two games that were uh, we couldn't go to. I haven't missed a home game since 1992. Wow. So I wow. know what I know what it's like being down at, at, at an Eagles game. Um, it's weird. Um, walking in, there's no tailgating. There's no juice before the game. It's just kind of like you're, you're there, you're showing up. It's like walking into a mall, and, and the concourse is like a mall. Like, like you know, when the when the seniors go in, yeah, walking into a mall. It, it, it really is. Um, once you're in the state, once I think the first, this is the first game they actually had a little bit of crowd noise with the fans that were there because we were like, they got some crowd noise pumping in a little bit. Um, but it actually is not bad being down there. Um, there, there is some noise. It's not deafening the way it used to be, um, but there is a little. There's a little bit of juice there. Um, it's the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game throughout the entire game, crowd wise, every week, 
Um, but the, the fans that are there are actually Eagles fans. And, and I hate to say this, but there is a ton of people that go to an Eagles game that are just there because it's an event. They have no right. idea. They don't know what's going on. They're yep. at the beer station the entire time. They're not watching the game and they're not sure. The 6,000 that are there are into the actual game itself. So um, the fans, they they let you go down a little bit. I sit in the lower level. So I'm, I'm always about 15 years off the field. Um, but they used to let fans go down around the of the bowl before the game and, and the players would interact there. There's not as much of that. Um, but it, the first two games where there was, I can, I can only imagine what it was like down there when there was nobody in the stadium. It, it must've been deafening. So do you think it helps the player? Like the players are able to kind of hear, do you think, cause I know some players feed off that. I know it's not a lot of crowd noise, but to know that there's people in the stands watching them, you think it kind of, it does. Bit. I mean, 5,000 people, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it does, they, they, you do make noise. Um, it is more concentrated in spots. Um, so, yeah, I think it does make a little bit of a difference. Um, not, I was not, say, not, you said that they're pumping in crowd noise. I right. thought on Sunday night it seemed like it was what? a little louder. Yeah. I just thought the fans were, fans were being a little bit Which more I'm rowdy because it was Cowboys Sunday night football and all. It was but, great. Uh, there, was no, there, there was like very little Cowboys fans there, which was nice. I did see two on TV. Yeah, I saw they a couple. Two on like the opening credit scene. Yeah, they showed they a couple of them. Was it the two that like console each other? And she's like, "It's okay. We know the team <laughs> sucks." That one. Yeah, yeah, I think it was one of them. Yeah. That yeah. guy is never gonna get another girlfriend ever. <laughs> ever. Because yeah, never. He he so, might get some boyfriends, but never yeah. another girlfriend. Yeah. So it, here's my more like direct, specific question for you. Is it enough so that we've been talking about all these vets being played and all? Alshon Jeffries gets played, say, in the next home game, okay? Yeah. And he drops a pass or gets hurt again. Is there enough noise being made that the uh, that the players can hear? Oh, and yeah. That you're, uh, can oh, can yeah. they hear 5,000 fans saying, yeah, you true. suck or, you know, oh, yeah. whatever and all? Uh, it actually is a little bit more – It it's more clear. Because okay. when the 5,000 are booing – it's a directed boo. When there's okay. there's a lot of fans that don't boo at all when it's 60,000 fans, and you'll get that murmur over the stadium. Okay. Is it a boo? What's going on? No, it's much more – you know exactly what is being a cheer, a boo, with a smaller crowd base because there's there's not that people just talking amongst themselves going on right. that are drowning out. It's these, these are the fans that are there. And, and this guy's not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they're going to – they let them know. Look, they booed going up. We booed going up on, in the halftime. Get seven points to Dallas, really? Yeah. yeah it was – Yeah, it was, you it heard it. Danucci. Right. Who's benched now. Yeah, he's not even <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. team His era is already over. Right. So, yeah, no, they, they heard it. Uh, they heard it. They that's, good. that's good to know that they can actually hear the difference there on the field. Oh, absolutely, because it's more direct. There's There's not the – there's not the – 15,000 that aren't even paying attention to know to right. boo. So, yeah, yeah they, they can hear it. So, but, you know, look, looking at, um, you know, going into – I want to go into the second half. So, looking forward into the second half, um, you know, we can go – we'll go with our record predictions, everything like that. But I want to kind of talk about the one player – you know, we – the one player that needs to step up 
Are Who we doing this outside of Carson Wentz? I, I think we can all say Carson just, Wentz. Just exclude him out Let's from say, it. Carson Wentz is I the mean, alpha. Who's 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 the next guy? <laughs> I know who it is for me. Go ahead, Doug Hoffman. Peterson. Well, if we're gonna go players. Miles Sanders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good point. I yeah. mean, he's been hurt, but yeah, it's a good point. I'd, I'd go a little bit different. I'd say Javon Hargrave needs to step up. Mm-hmm. Wait, I mean, the money you're Phil. paying him. So far this season, he has 11 tackles, two for loss, and everybody said he could play outside, inside. He was a blitz specialist and all this other stuff. He's got one sack on the season. And three games this year, he has not registered a stat. So yeah. just to take away from the Carson – who needs to step up? You're paying Javon Hargrave a lot of money. Dude needs. I mean, I know our defensive line's our strongest point, but if Hargrave steps up and plays like his contract is, we're even that much better. So he needs to step up, in my opinion. Mine is um, Dallas Goddard because we are a team that is so centered and heavy around the tight end position. And Goddard went out. And Sunday night he had, I think, two targets and one catch yeah i want to say it was he, he was irrelevant on that field was he a decoy though because he was coming back so soon but yeah yeah that, that that's something i was thinking as well i didn't even expect to see him on the field too many times because i mean i mean that injury to come back as quickly as he did that's that's pretty right. miraculous almost in, 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 in this an extent because i mean that but so, but That's hard now, to come back from. But now we're all sitting here, kind of accepting the fact that Zach Ertz is not going to be with the team much longer because he'll be here this year. He will and be here. There's there's, right. there's talk that by week eleven, so he's only going to miss one more game. That he might be back by the Browns game. Right. But you so, look at what he contributed in the first couple games, and he hasn't really been here yet. But but because the conversation has been, well, we have Dallas Goddard who can just step into his place. So. If that argument's going to hold true, Dallas Goddard has got to step up the second half of the season to prove that to be true. That's a fair point. Yeah, and I have, I have, I have the person to step up is the who we just, you guys were just talking about, Ertz. Mm-hmm. I understand he's he's hurt right now, but if you want to go further this season, win games, and go into the playoffs, you need Zach Ertz. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if he's going to ever get his act together in terms of mental looking, like he actually cares a little bit. I don't know, but. He needs to be Zach Ertz. You need to have him. You need to be able to run the 12 personnel with Goddard and Ertz and be able to, you know, add to the – have more players in the offense for Wentz. Yeah. But Jeff, who do you, who do you Well, do you guys to took see? everyone off the freaking list. So well, you got to pick someone. Here, hold on. Don't look, everybody. I'll show you my list of other players. No. One, okay? I was gonna, I'm going to go with Jason I, Kelsey. I got a list here. I'll go with Jason Kelsey. I'll say the, the one weakness to our uh, to our team, especially offensively, is that offensive line. And you expect a little bit more from your uh, all-pro center and the veteran along that offensive line with a lot of those young guys uh, to – Go be there, be that leader, that unit, and I'll say he he struggled. I'll say there there's plenty of those games where he's missing blocking assignments. He's not communicating with the guys to the left and the right of him, and he's the guy. He's the first guy that touches the ball and hands it off or uh, snaps it to Carson once. Uh, so I'll say I expected a little bit better play from uh, from Jason Kelsey because that offensive line was supposed to be one of our strengths. I granted we were depleted with injuries and a lot of mishap and moving people around, but you expected still uh, all below, uh, all pro level. Play play from him and he hasn't uh, provided that this season there's another person that's a great one jake effin elliott right there yeah the guy is one of the highest paid kickers in the league and he has missed so 
many easy kicks this year. Yeah, what I mean, has happened to him? Well, he was never actually, if you go back and break down his stats, I didn't actually research him for this episode, and my notebook is pretty much shot now. I've got too many notes in it. <laughs> he can't um, read his writing. He's actually not been that great of a kicker. He made a clutch kick or two in the Super Bowl run. That and Giants game. That, he's been pretty inconsistent for the rest of his career. So I'm going to ask a bigger picture question here because I hear you say that and I look at this team and I go like this. Is the Philadelphia Eagles organization's biggest problem that we are stuck in the past? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of the biggest issues, but yeah, it's an issue. That's why they keep on having all these guys, uh, these aging veterans coming back in this football team uh, consistently. You know, Jake Elliott, he has one huge kick. He's a local hero. Let's sign him to a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Jeffrey, big season. Deshaun Jackson had big seasons for us. Let's bring him back. What then I have to ask the next question is what is the criteria for cutting truly excellent players and letting them go? Brian Dawkins, um, Malcolm Jenkins. You know, you're talking about players that were huge pieces of our team. They got rid of Malcolm Jenkins at the right time because he is not having a Malcolm Jenkins type season. But he's been on the field. He's been on the field. How is the team like the Eagles going to cut players that are consistently healthy? Just because he's healthy. I don't know. He's not not Malcolm Jenkins anymore. I I have some friends that are in New Orleans and they're just like, why is he back? I mean, now now he could have been more of a linebacker here and he's actually paying uh, the free safety position in New Orleans. So his role would have been a little bit different. He would have been that hybrid almost Nate Gary linebacker here, which we all know that that would have been a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but they weren't but, paying him that money just for that limited role. So, right. Right. But in that situation, honestly, you... the money that he signed for in New Orleans is not what we thought no. he mm-hmm. wanted. He took so, a pay cut. Honestly, we could have afforded him right. once it came out what he was getting paid in New Orleans. Well, we right. all, so well, now we all... you know that that's the number. Do well, you prefer him or Kayvon Wallace? And are you actually going to develop Kayvon Wallace as a player? Well, that's why are you okay with developing is. him but benching Mylotta? The problem isn't cutting ties with the vets. It's the problem is that Replacing. this coaching staff is not putting in the young guys to develop them. Kayvon Wallace, Davion Taylor, you know, mm-hmm. Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, three years too late. You know, all these guys that they have that they could develop they're Jordan Mailata. You know, we could, the, the list goes on and on. Oh, it's fine. Jalen Mills can just play safety. He's, well, he's I hate Jalen. Jalen Mills is going to stay either. That's another you topic. You call Jalen Mills from corner, and then you say Roby Coleman's a corner. And he's, yeah, they're, they're all they're all atrocious. It's when a mess. The, the young guys that they draft, if you look, Davian Taylor and Kayvon Wallace, the last game against Dallas, did not get one snap on defense, neither of them. Why? Well, I know Kayvon Wallace is coming back from an injury. We know that. But still. But still, why are these young, talented players who, at this point, you're you're going into the bye, they've played eight games, they should have some on-field experience, even without training camp and preseason games, you should have had some live-action experience now. Why are they not hitting the field? Can I give you a theory that we had before the season? How we drafted for 2021 because of COVID. A lot of these guys were projects that they – they, I'm not sure that they totally thought this year was going to happen, and they drafted them for 2021. Jalen Hurts. It's not a bad John, not John a bad I hadn't thought of that, but John you know, Hightower. We talked about Dave, draft Dave. picks not being as valuable because of no 2020. We never thought about drafting for 2021. That's 
So to, to, to continue on that point, who's developing those players? Because that was the issue that we continue to see. You know, let's just pick my favorite punching bag, JJ R. Uh, crap hat. Uh, he's saw. Jaw. He's saw. I don't even want to. I don't even want to say his name. He's just go. Who's developing him? He is a second round pick in his second season. How is he not a better player? Because he's not a good player. So then you have the opportunity to, to coach him up. Right to get him to be an okay player to be to be a Travis Fulgham, he's getting the same wide receiver room coaching that Travis Fulgham is getting. He's getting the same wide receiver room coaching that Jalen Rager is getting. So you have to boil it down to he's not a good player, right? Until he goes to Seattle in two years and then he's you know NFL MVP. Hey, we know. How that. about him being a? He's a hybrid tight end. He's not a wide receiver. Oh sure 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 someone sure. Brought the, someone brought that up earlier tonight, jokingly. I thought. No. They said, I'll try to page through it. But, here, here it is. Right. Palatero said, but there's who, a rumor that JJ is going to be a tight end, you know? But who He's, is developing this guy? Who is developing any of our players? If we're drafting for 2021, then this should be a season of straight-up development. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's, well, we can yeah. compete in the NFC East because we can. But it's got to be one or the other, a little bit more one or the other. You know, it doesn't have to be exclusively one. But if you're saying it's to develop these players, then Mylotta never leaves the field. As left tackle. As left and, tackle. And, and the thing is, there's a lot of disappointment in terms of this year. I want to touch back on two things. Let's, let's talk a little bit of, um, you know, something that makes you a little bit, I guess, not happy. But who the, your surprise or your MVPs of this first half? My MVP, my MVP is Brandon Graham. Seven sacks, nine tackles for loss. I mentioned, I know one of our other writers made a preview prediction show, and I said that Brandon Graham was going to get his first Pro Bowl and have over 10 sacks this year. He's looking like that's going to be a possibility. But well, I think he's got he's, seven he's, now, so that puts him at what, on pace for 14 sacks this season? Yeah, He's going to slow down a little bit, but yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll have double digit by the end of the year. But... That's Brandon Graham's my MVP, my biggest surprise. I know it's almost like same as everyone's, but right. I have Travis, Travis Fulgham as Absolutely. my surprise. You, 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 you can name a couple of different ones. I know Phil has a notebook filled of different scenarios because he prepares. <laughs> you can't read it on the air, but I got it. Dude, I'm more than halfway through this notebook, and the season's only eight weeks old, just so you know. I'm going to need a new – I haven't bought this many notebooks since, like, elementary school. But who do you guys have as like someone that's your surprise and someone that you're your MVP so far? In the I'll let time? you guys. I'll let Jeff go first because I don't want to steal any of the names from him. Jeff, you go. Okay, <laughs> I, I have names here. Okay, fine. I'll say I won't go with the obvious, but just after one game, he was already a drastic improvement over what we had with Nate Gary. I'll, I'll go with that Alex Singleton, even in limited role before uh, his uh, getting his uh, uh, his playing time last week. He was still making contribute contributions when he was out on that field, but last week I'll say he was. You saw a completely different linebacking core with him out there, and he was making plays, he was making tackles, he was uh, making uh, pass deflections and coverage. So uh, I'll say he's one guy uh, that definitely uh, I feel is a surprise uh, as a young guy that we're trying to develop for the future. Uh, that uh, was already making an improvement for this defense. I'll check his name out. He was on my list. I'll, I'll check it off the list. So, there. Let me sneak mine in then. My, mine's got to be the, the Samoan sack stopper himself. Hey, that was the one I was hoping that was left. Jordan Mylotta. <laughs> and, and I am 
copywriting that. Samoan sack stopper. That should be a, that should be one of our shirts on AT Birds. His numbers. He's played since week four against the 49ers. A hundred percent of the snaps. He hasn't missed a snap. He has one penalty against him. One false start, and that's it. Okay. And he was and he's allowed player. Four sacks. He's allowed. He's At left tackle allowed. or right tackle because he got beat it's, up last week. It, these numbers count the entire season. Okay. So one false start and four sacks the entire season, and that's it. And I think two or three of them were in the Dallas game. Yep, exactly. You know, he's been amazing, and he was a project player. You know, for the first couple of seasons when we couldn't get him on the field, I just went, okay, rugby player, give him number 48 and put him at fullback. You know, that would have been a good use for him. Actually a really smart play to put him at fullback or or something like that. I I did that in my Madden football game, and – he was ranked so high and then got signed to a different team with like a multi-million dollar contract. I'm like, mother. But Jordan Mailata is doing what we expect a player like Andre Dillard, a first round pick to do. He's doing what we expected a Jason Peters, an all pro hall of fame left tackle to do. And he is, and was a project player. At some point, we got to stop saying, hey, he's a rugby player turned football player. No, dude's a football player. And he's 23. And he's 23. Dude, I, I've, I've said it on the show. I don't know how many times you guys watch the show, but I wrote him off before last season. I same, wrote him off. Same. I wrote him off this year, last season. I wrote I'll him admit, off in camp. I was wrong. What? I wrote him off in camp this year, and he's done. Yeah. I said at middle of last season, I was like, why is he taking up a roster spot? There's no need for him anymore. You know what I mean? It's 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 it was it was a night, seventh round pick. You can you can throw the fishing rod in. You could try to get a random steal and all. But right. You know, it, it, it ran its course. Don't waste the roster spot. But you know what? He's proven me wrong, and I'm willing to admit that because I think we've got a left tackle for the next ten years. Well, right. you do. His name is Andre Dillard, according to the way he was drafted. Got you know, it. you the reason the, the the primary reason besides the fact that he was ancient and decaying, we didn't. Re- Signed Jason Peters was because we had Andre Dillard. The reason why we didn't re-sign Holly Pulley Vitae is because we had Andre Dillard. Mm-hmm. We yeah. didn't we didn't need any of these players. And Andre Dillard goes down. So now we're like, oh, you know, exploitive here. What what do we do? We'll go back to Jason Peters. And Jason Peters, you know, looked at the field and got hurt. So again, what do you do? The offensive line has been this most patchwork thing, and we're used to it now in Philadelphia. But here comes Jordan Mailata, and he put him at left tackle, the most important position on the field, and he's been doing a great job. So come 2021, since we're kind of talking about that a little, who's your starting left tackle? Hopefully Mailata. Mailata. Yeah. I'm going to talk about one. <laughs> I'm going to talk about two players. Okay. First off, great. So you're going to take about... two players off my list? No, no, no. <laughs> one's, one's definitely not coming off the list. I just kind of – I was brought on here about being down at the stadium. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my keys for being here. Watching Jalen Rager, his body type, his build, the way he carries himself, he he will be a player. There's yeah. there, there's no doubt. I we hear about Jefferson, and yeah, I get it. He's he's doing great in, in uh, uh not Jefferson. Who am I talking about? In Minnesota, Jefferson. Uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, Justin Jefferson. I was thinking of I, I want Jefferson it. The other yeah, no, I I didn't want him, but. That's beside. But Rager, he's got. You ever just see a player? He's yeah, he's got it. He he has it. You can just see he has it. Um, and I'm really excited to see him in the second half. He might be the second half 
um, MVP. But the guy I wanted to bring up about the first half, and he's not an MVP, but he's really done well, Josh Sweat. Jo- Josh okay. Sweat. Not he, on my list. Yeah, he's uh, he's turning into that situational pass rusher that you need, can compliment BG, can give him a break. He's why he's got eight sacks, because he BG can get off the field. And he's a little bit more of what Derek Barnett is supposed to be. Right. Um, Sweat is tenacious. He's a, he's got a little nasty in him. Um, and he's playing better than Jadavian Clowney. He he actually that a lot is. of people compared him to. Okay. Yeah. Um, the knee that. was the knee was his issue. Was, was it going to be healthy? He's cheap yeah. and he's he's there. So just watch him in the second half as well. All right. So I'm going to throw. Out, all right. So first off, the the one name that I'm going to say is my surprise of the first half is also my disappointment, but we're not even going to talk about him. I thought someone was going to say their surprise was Carson Wentz for how bad well, he played. We uh, thought, that, we thought that was obvious. So, so. You know, I also had Jordan Maialata written down. I also had Brandon Graham written down. I also had Alex Singleton written down. So we're going to go a different one. I'm not going to get much into it because it's your backup, backup tight end, Richard Rodgers. Yeah. The guy is fourth, fourth in the team in receptions right now. Yeah, Imagine that. Your third string tight end is fourth in receptions right now on your team. And A, it says how bad your your team is receiving wise. But on the flip side of the equation, every time Carson Wentz goes to him, he catches the ball. Right. I, I haven't looked up how many drops he has on the season, but I cannot recall a moment when there was a ball put on him that he dropped. So he only has 15 catches in his limited playing time, but he's fourth in the team in catches, and he literally catches everything. And I love to see that out of a guy. He's he's a fringe roster player that is making the most. I mean, we could have said the same thing about Travis Fulgham, you know, a fringe fringe roster player. But Richard Rodgers has made the most of his opportunity. And probably next year, someone else, if the Eagles, if the Eagles get rid of Zach Ertz in the offseason, you know, they'll probably keep him. But if not, he's gonna get a job somewhere else next year, and he's gonna get an opportunity to play week in and week out because he's showing he can catch the ball right absolutely every time it's thrown to him so that's where i'm going to throw oh that's I'll a good one he's you know he's he's been showing you he can contribute on the offense when you need him to especially when you have your tight ends that are hurt but you know looking looking into the second half what do you guys think the final record with the rest of these the slated games kind of like they what they like to call it the murderer's row after yeah the giants in cleveland that you got what do you guys have as your your final prediction for the, what the record is going to be? And if they finish in first place and so make the playoffs. I'm just going to say that they are lucky that they have still three games of NFC East opponents. Yeah. Because without that, if they front-loaded the NFC East schedule, we, we'd we be in some trouble. Um, I have them finishing 7-8-1. and one. Same. I have them beating the Giants, Arizona, Dallas, and Washington. I have them losing four in a row to the Browns, Hawks, Seahawks, um, Packers, and New Orleans. And just, and again, there's the thing that's most disappointing to me is there's no such thing as a winnable game right now. There's no such thing as a sure win because this team has consistently played just below the level of their opponent. You know, Phil, you said earlier on, you're like, oh, well, they're going to beat either the Steelers or the Ravens. And they were in both of those games because they knew they were playing against good teams, so they played up to that level, but just below. Well, now they're going against Dallas this week, and Dallas is a straight dumpster fire of a garbage team, and they played just below the level. Mm -hmm. They played Washington just below the level, consistently just below the level of the team. 
not planning to dominate a team. And that's that goes back to coaching and preparation and all those things. So I have them at 7-8-1. and one, But it, who knows? They could win all of the games. They could lose all the games. We The most frustrating thing is we can't figure out what team is going to show up every week. And neither can the coaching staff or Doug. Correct. <laughs> all right, Chris, yeah. what, what do you got? I'm finishing that, Chris. See, now, here's when you said you thought – they were going to win one of the two between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. That's the way I feel about New Orleans and Seattle. Okay. They're going to win one of those two. Seattle's defense is dreadful. And also, back to the stadium, it was the windiest I've ever seen it at the link, by the way, this past Sunday. So I don't know if that played into them just not scoring. They should have been running the ball more. But the link was it was weird on that Sunday with that weather. So I'm actually going to say 8-7-1. and one. Okay. I think they are. I'm going to go eight, seven, and one because they are going to get one of those two. Uh, they're due to beat Seattle. It's just been a while. They're, I just feel it in my bones that they're just due to beat Seattle. Um, and maybe New Orleans isn't. Uh, what's that fifth game you have them winning then? I say, what's, what's the fifth game you have them winning then? Now, so you have them winning one of those, and obviously the NFC East games. The right. you have them winning Cleveland. Cleveland. You have them beating Cleveland. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cleveland. Cleveland's a dumpster fire. But they're not. See, so Cleveland is the same problem we have. Cleveland, it depends on which one, team one. shows up. Yeah, yep. you, you which you, Baker shows up. Yeah, you which Baker shows up. But now without o, uh, OBJ, I would say, he, I would no say he, he's, he's lost about no him. Nick Chubb for how long? I'm not sure if Nick Chubb's going to be back for the Eagles game or not. But if he's not and no OBJ, yeah. I mean, I'm actually with Chris. I mean, I could easily see them winning eight games still this year. So I got them winning the three divisional games. Mm-hmm. I've got them beating Cleveland. I that game. Okay, so that's four. Mm-hmm. And I got them winning either Seattle, the Saints, or the Cardinals. I definitely think they could beat the Cardinals. And I think they can I even win one of both. So that could be even – so it's a one, two, three. The, the Browns is four. I can even see them winning six games out of the rest of the season. I'm overly optimistic. I'm always the power of positivity. I so can even see them winning six games this year, More six more games this year. You know, I already stole. I already stole your humor thing. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna one up you. They're gonna win out, and they're gonna win yeah, the Super Bowl. So there we go. What I was gonna follow that up with is, I can also see them only getting two more wins this year. Right. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm gonna go eight, seven, and one like Chris. But it would not surprise me if they only win five games total this entire year. Yeah. It all so, depends on which. Qu- it all depends on which quarterback shows division. up. And win the division. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a given. I'm kind of, I'm kind of on uh, with Phil and Chris. I have not finishing eight seven one. Um, I, I'm a little more positive. Jeff knows it. He's known me for a long time. I'm maybe sometimes too positive. You're a but, homer. Let's just be real. Uh, <laughs> but dude, remember, remember, I, I have them. I'm the homer. I placed a bet on them making the Super Bowl this year on 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 the well, opening was, show. All right, that is true. I got the money on them play, playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Nobody else put their money there. You're a homer. They sent me to the Super Bowl. You think I'm not a homer? That <laughs> <laughs> was a good year to go to the Super Bowl. Dude, you have no idea. Well, say, if I got that Super Bowl ticket, I would have had that up on eBay in 30 seconds. Well, yeah, because question. Wasn't allowed. Because question, wasn't did you, I would say, I would say, were you, did they pick you regardless if the Eagles went? It was like one of those things where they send a season take holder from each team or? Yep, every team. I'll show you a little. Yeah, I, I remember the story, but I just didn't know if it was one of those here, things here where they sent you because the Eagles are doing good or what, but that's pretty cool. There is, there is every season ticket holder on the field before the Super Bowl. That's right. awesome. That's, that's sick. Wow. Great picture. I love that. 
Yeah, that's really that cool. Would, yeah, so yeah, I was going regardless. Looks like you got a lot of good stuff behind you. We might need to do a zoom in one yeah. day on all your yes behind you. That jersey yeah. that I, this jersey right here that's behind me, it's the Super Bowl Fifty Two mm-hmm. jersey. Was every NFL franchise gave their season ticket holder a Super Bowl Fifty Two jersey? So there's a Dallas one, there's a Cincinnati one. Did Brandon Graham at least sign it when he gave it to you? Did did Graham sign it when he gave it to you? Yeah. That's good. He actually he actually signed my Carson Wentz jersey that I had with me. Oh, okay. Here. There you go. Did he sprain his wrist doing it and got in the injured reserve? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will I will say, if any of that stuff's for sale, Johnny and Jeff, they're like they have deep pockets. They'll buy that autograph stuff really, nah. really quick for yeah. top dollar Jeff, from you. There, there's not. some I won't. there's some there's some uh, unique stuff in here, by the way. It's pretty cool. Yeah, really but is. to to go off of what I was saying before, like I I agree with Chris. I feel like, you know, Seattle, New Orleans, I've been winning New Orleans. Um, but I, I understand where he's coming from with Seattle. Seattle's defense has issues. All these teams, Green Bay has issues against the run. We saw it last year when we played them. And who's Aaron Rodgers? I understand it's Aaron Rodgers. I understand they're a very, very, very talented team. But they said Eagles could wind up losing, you know, a lot of these games, they can lose six of these games. Right. So you really don't know. But I, I have them winning against the NFC East teams, right. New Orleans and Cleveland. You just, you just don't know. But I've finished eight seven one in first place with, yeah. in the, at the fourth seed. Am I, go, am I gonna be the Debbie Downer of this group? I'm sorry, but I only have them winning the rest of the NFC East games at, at this moment until this team can prove to me that they can put four quarters of football and that Carson Wentz can play up to the level consistently the way that we expect him to. Because you look at this schedule, you have the, the NFC East matchups, but on the road against Cleveland, uh, yeah. which I would say I feel is a winnable game, just just way that the Browns are built right now and with their injury issues. But you look at Seattle, you look at Green Bay, you look at New Orleans, you look at Arizona, those are all teams that know how to put up points. Those are all decent offenses, and I just don't see this team right now, unless they prove me wrong, and Carson, like I said, can play up to his potential, I'll say I I just don't see this team playing or uh, competing in shootouts and with these teams. So I'll say... And to piggyback on that, because you make a really good point, you know, you look at these teams, and number one, most of them have really good quarterbacks, and they have players they they can throw the ball to, right? So I, I look just I'll pinpoint on the Seattle game. Who is stopping DK Metcalf on our defense? And Tyler Lockett. They have one of the best tandems in the league. Yeah. Right? I mean, if one catch, Lockett had 15 catches two weeks ago. This week, DK Metcalf had 12. Right. One of them will get shut down. One of them's going to go off. When we play Arizona, you have DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald, plus Kyler Murray, who can run at a moment's notice. You got, I, I know Larry Fitzgerald is old, and but the story liable. I would think he's got the ball. But has anyone said they're going to beat Arizona? Did anyone pick them? I said they're going to beat Arizona. They did, okay. yeah. Before the season, I thought they'd beat Arizona too. I, I was Arizona and Kyler Murray and the Buffalo and Josh Allen. I've been wrong on them both, it seems like, most of the year but I was not buying into the hype train of those two teams and quarterbacks to start but, this season even. So but, Yeah, I have them going 6-7-1. I feel that Week 17 game uh, at the link is what's going to decide the division between the Eagles yeah. and, and the and uh, the football team. So make, make <laughs> sure, when, make sure uh, you're, when you're down there, Chris, you give them some hell uh, for that home field advantage. So I still uh, have, I, really well. I still have so them winning the division. Further, I do want to play. We got a video from our before-the-season hype of some predictions that 
the three of us made. So I want to play them oh, boy. and just see how wrong we basically, were oh, at the start of the season. Man. Yeah, this, this is really bad. These, these are all non-Eagles predictions, but we just want to... This is like when you look at your middle school photos yeah. and you're like, oh, it's what when, happened? It's when someone pulls that, that high school tweet out that you made that you were too immature about, and then you're, you're an NFL player. Yeah, it's kind of like hype. that. There was Twitter when you were... I'm not buying the Steelers hype either this year. Ben Roethlisberger coming back from, you know, injury. There's you know, Juju barely played the last couple of years. James, or James Conner barely played last year. I don't buy that offense. They, they might be better than the worst offense in the league last year. But outside of that, I don't buy them being that good. I'm all over the cam hype. Hey, I'll say he has a great coach. I'll say to finally teach him. So I'll say Belichick always finds ways to – finds ways to get the best from uh, players that have been around this league. So uh, I would say no doubt in Cam Newton. I would say he's probably – I'm right there with you. I would say one, he was my comeback player of the year as well. And then also Belichick was my coach of the year. Uh, San Fran, Arizona. I have Seattle finishing third. Yeah. Um, you would bring up that Cam Newton. Seattle's in first place, and Cam and Belichick are not winning – any of those awards, guys? Nope. I think we are all wrong. I will say though, on my pick, because I'm, I'm I'm prepared to defend my pick. The Steelers are seven and zero, but they beat the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans, Us. the Eagles, and the Browns as five of those games. And their offense is 25th ranked in yards per game and yards per play. Just just to defend my picks, you guys can defend your. But the calls, thing is, but I'll, I'll defend, defend mine my too. calls. I'll defend mine too. Yes, Seattle's in first place, but they can finish in third place because the Cardinals are five and two. The Rams are five and three. But those, but probably three or possibly all all four of those teams can make the playoffs with the extra uh, with the extra wild card team. So it's not like that really matters too terribly much. Mine was how are you going to defend your picks? I was about to say mine was a dumpster fire. There's no denying that. So (laughs) just like I I placed a bet on the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I also placed a bet on Cam Newton winning MVP. I couldn't pass up 66 to 1 on that. So I I had to place a couple shekels on it. So I'm right there with you on that. I think Johnny purposely edited that so that that my voice supporting your opinion was in there too. (laughs) If you look at Cam Newton early on, though, he was doing a decent job. So you you had to feel pretty good for like two weeks. Yeah. I should have sold off his autograph before uh, he started uh, plummeting. Should have freaking cashed in on that payday. Now it's worth pennies. When I saw that 66 to 1 Cam Newton MVP and him going to Bill Belichick and the Patriots, I'm like, dude, that, that's a gold mine right there. Let, let, let me make that bet. I just put a couple bucks on it. But Well, yeah, because going into the season, you didn't know if he was actually going to have the starting job. It was him and uh, St- I, him and Stidham, uh, Stidham. Were, were competing for the position. A, Stidham was a joke, so I yeah. knew if he didn't have it, he'd get it eventually. So Yeah. But uh, I want to also say, you know, talking about odds and betting and stuff like that, make sure you check out Phil's fantasy show with uh, our writers, Jason Sullivan and Josh Gamble on Thursday nights, 8.30. So I wanted to make sure I plugged that, get you guys. We'll be uh, back tomorrow night, 8.30. Exactly. Get all your information that you need. I used some of the information this weekend. I know Phil's Phil's been using it. So it's great knowledge from all the guys. You might not have a game to compete (laughs) with tomorrow, depending if they freaking move it now. Yeah. They're saying they're playing. Oh, they are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that, too. 
Did anyone else see that Josh McCown is no longer available to us? Yeah, that's that's a no. random little side note. He's now the Texans' backup quarterback. Well, he's living in Texas, so now I'll say if he does yeah. have to go to a game, he doesn't have to travel too terribly far. Well, which, which here's the funny thing about that. You know, the Texans signed him because he's living in Dallas. It's convenient, mm-hmm. whatever. What were the Cowboys doing? Was there like a side <laughs> deal with the Eagles? Like, yo, Josh, you know, don't sign with the Cowboys, but anything else you do, it's okay. I was kind of thinking, did he kind of do us a little dirty? They gave him two hundred grand to sit at home and do nothing, and he goes and signs with, with uh, Houston. He kind of did a little dirty. I think he should just stay on the practice squad. If, if, I mean, I would do the same thing if the Eagles were paying yeah, me two hundred thousand, and then someone was like, "Hey, come sit on this bench and get a better view." I'd be like, "All right, cool." I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I would love to be a practice squad player. I could sit oh, yeah. on a bench and do nothing. All week long, you know, I, I, that'd be like a dream job, right? I would there. like to be a practice squad player on any team other than the Eagles. Yeah, there's uh, a practice squad player in the Eagles. You're expected to contribute that season. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a good that's, point. That is very true. But we can get into our you. We we like to do some you let some locks. Um, we call them the Uleka locks. So you know, we pick three games, uh, and uh, I don't know if anyone, Jeff, do you got that? I don't have them up. Week? You guys, oh, I, I didn't do any of that. I will put it up in the article tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I know in our regular picks of the week, I did awful last week. I did awful I too, I think. I had, I had like seven picks right last week, not not counting the spread. So My printer not, my printer was my acting. Betting, I couldn't my print betting, that out. My betting account shows how bad I was at picking games last week. So. Yeah, but, I mean, so I, I, I bet games straight across. I'm not smart enough to understand all the betting stuff, but I did eight and six last week just straight picking games. So yeah, second straight week of that. Yeah, not good. But talk about the uh, the locks. Phil, do you want to go first? Yeah, I've, I've got three locks. Now I'm going to preface. I've got actually four locks because I picked a backup because I have the Packers as one of my locks of the week. Gotcha. But I have a backup in case they decide last second to cancel that game. So my locks of the week... I'm going to start with Pittsburgh. 13 and a half points against the fa- the Cowboys are favored. And it's not just because they're going up against the Cowboys. They are 7-1 and one against the spread this year. So even though that 13 and a half is a big number, the Cowboys have no idea who they're starting, and the Steelers always cover the spread. I'm going Cowboys covering the 13 and a half points. I got the Cardinals going against, I can't read my, the Dolphins. The Cardinals are going to win. Three and a half points are favored by. I'm, I'm, I'm picking that as a lock. The Dolphins, they won last week, but that was all defense. And uh, the Dolphins going east coast to west coast. I love that it's a three-and-a-half-point line. Tua did nothing last week, so I got that. Then I got the Packers covering the seven points tomorrow night against the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers have about 75 players on injured reserve. They got another 75 players that are on the COVID list. So who knows who's playing tomorrow night? Um, if they don't play that game, my backup pick, just so it's in lock, is I got Washington covering the three points against the Giants. This is the first time all year I'm taking three favorites. I always pick a you know an underdog. I don't have I don't like any of the underdogs this week. So I have I did the same thing as you, Phil. I have a backup because I did pick Green Bay as well. It's almost um, like a an easy pick at seven points taking the Packers, isn't it? It just seems exactly. so obvious. So. I have the Packers, but if that game winds up being canceled or whatever, or moved, whatever, that is not on, I'm going to pick Minnesota. It's a pick them. Minnesota and Detroit. So I'm going Minnesota uh, on that. I have 
I, I picked the Pittsburgh and Dallas game, but I went the other way. I think Pittsburgh's going to win by over two touchdowns. That's I think how I blow the too. Cowboys out. Oh, you did? But, I, th- oh, I thought you picked yeah. Dallas. No, I said okay. the Pittsburgh's covered so, the spread. Set their seven and one against the spread, so I would never pick a yeah, team I'm, at seven and one. Yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh. They're going to. I think they're going to blow Dallas out. And then I have the Giants plus two and a half. I feel the Giants defense. I, I feel like they're going to. They're going to win. They're playing Washington. Washington's not that good of a football team either. They're both bad teams, but I feel like Giants defense um, will be able to hold enough that they may be able to get some points and score. So I have the Giants at plus uh, two and a half on that. So first off, before Jeff goes, I do got to say, we've got to like come to an agreement on a site to pick our games from. Yeah, because all these lines are all over the the place. I've got for the pick games you just picked are totally different and everything. So... Yeah, we got we got we got to come to an agreement. Jenna said the same extra thing. Points on my picks. Why don't we have Phil send us Jeff and I the actual what you use, and we'll just go off of that. Yeah. yeah Who are the it, Vikings even playing? I don't even have the Vikings on my lions. my thing right now. Lions. 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 Um, for my three, real quick, Ravens um, minus two and a half uh, over the Colts. Uh, I just feel they're going to rebound from that loss to the Steelers last week. So uh, I feel the line, I was, even though they're on the road, I would say should uh, favor the Ravens, Lamar, and that offense. Uh, Chiefs, 10.5, minus 10.5 over, I didn't write any of this crap. Panthers. Man. Panthers, that's right. Yeah. I would say even though Matt Rule's been uh, changing that team around, I would say Teddy Bridgewater's been playing well for them. Patrick Mahomes had offense. It's just going to put up too many points. I'm surprised they didn't put up more points last week against the Jets. They screwed up my pick last week with that line when I went with the Jets plus 20 and a half. So uh, I will go with the Jets my, or uh, Chiefs minus 10 and a half over the Panthers. And then I'm the same with Phil Cardinals uh, minus four over the Dolphins. Yeah, we got we got to come so, to an agreement on these lines because our lines are all over the place. I use FanDuel because that's where my money is. So I'm on the lines.com and I just chose the first line, which is DraftKings. And when you said the Vikings were playing the Lions, I do remember that. But FanDuel Sportsbook, I don't know what's going on, but FanDuel Sportsbook has pulled the Lions game off their spread. Oh shit! It's it's not. I I'm, I just looked because I couldn't remember the Lions Vikings game. I just looked on my phone. It is not an available game to bet on right now. Hmm. So I wonder if there's something happening in that game. You might need a backup for that game there, too. <laughs> Just so you know. Uh, it, it, it's not I there. Like- it, it's, I'm going through it. I refreshed it three times. It is not a game you can bet. Well, if it gets canceled, I'll put a backup in. But yeah, yeah. we all finished – all three of us finished one and two last week. Oh. Yeah. Oh, My bank account shows that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, – I want to thank uh, Chip and Chris for coming on. You can follow Chip at Chip for the Birds, and you can follow Chris at Chris Rome seven three one on Twitter. Uh, they're giving great contact content to the site. We appreciate it uh, with everything they're doing. Um, I want to thank also uh, Last Out Media, uh, Heat Ratio Sports, and Athletes Hub as well, uh, supporters of the show and everything. Um, I want to give them a shout out. I'm going to give everyone who's listening, commented, uh, who follows us on all our platforms. Uh, we appreciate that. 
we're really nowhere without anybody. We just bunch of guys talking about the Eagles. It's just that and go uh, the AT birds backslash one guy that bashes Greg Ward. That's that's all it is. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, make sure you go to the AT birds uh, backslash shop. A lot of new products up there, including the new Rager bomb shirt. Uh, Monte Rager reached out to us. He's going to be representing that shirt. So if you want to get yours today, make sure to go to the site. Uh, plenty of sizes and colors to choose from. So go on there and order I've, that shirt. I've given Johnny a couple ideas for the next couple shirts. So y'all. Need to make sure you're you're checking that site out regularly because there's new designs dropping every week. And uh, one other tidbit: um, next show Wednesday, we're breaking down the Giants, and we. Oh, are, are you have... releasing this information? Is this confirmed? I'm release the is this confirmed? It is. It's Co- confirmed. Is it, 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 like a breaking news like sound effect. I don't have that. I'll do. Uh, his, uh, I'll do his lock. I was just going to press the wrong button. I'll say, because if this doesn't come through, we're coming for your head, Johnny. Yeah, you better have this locked up if this is happening next week. Because this is like a dream interview for me next week. So we have uh, Derek Gunn going to be coming on. Nice. uh, To to be able to talk some Eagles, Giants. So it's going to be a good breakdown show uh, next Wednesday. So make sure you turn turn into that and bring all your questions and comments, everything. And, you know, with that, how we always end each show. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Know what you gotta do. Do it. Can you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? They gonna get it to us. We got to take it. They gonna black out. We gonna get one black out. Stand together and keep fighting. Down. Get out there.